What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. The FCB Radio Network, where real talk lives. Hey yo, good morning and welcome to Necessary Roughness. My name is Eric E. Will Williams alongside Christy Maggard. Hello. And the Brian Blankenship. What's going on? I'd like to thank you to all of our listeners out there tuning in from the ESPN app. Uh, how are you guys this morning? I'm good, man. I'm <laughs> I'm sorry. I am exhausted this morning. <laughs> that was probably the worst opening I've ever done. It is. It no, it was good. Uh, it just yeah. you 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 can see it in your face. You are just like nah. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but we got you, man. We're here. We we got it. You know, we're ready for the show. So you know, I'm we'll, glad you guys are. We'll pick up where you. Leave off. This yeah. early Sunday Good. morning is killing me. We're not going to say leave off over you already left off. Just, <laughs> I don't even think I'm even fully in the studio yet. <laughs> right. But I mean, I'm good. Cool. I'm ready to go. Cool. Christy, how was your week? It was good. It was good. Lots going on. I liked That's your little good. video online. Oh, did you see that? Yeah, that was awesome. Oh, thank you. Did you, you see that, Brian? I did not. She had a video where she was talking like an Australian, like... Um, Steve Irwin. Yeah. Yeah? Like looking at her kids. They're actually playing well and, together without and I, fighting. And I was sneaking up on my children. <laughs> no sudden movements. That is awesome. Yeah. <laughs> it, it was funny. I'm going to have to check that out. It was, it was amazing. I was doing my dishes and my kids, I was like, holy it's crap, quiet. It's, it's quiet. <laughs> Nobody's screaming. Something's oh my gosh. I got to video this, but the only way to make it relevant or funny is if I commentated on it. Right, and, right. and the best, you know, wildlife commentator is Steve Irwin. So, you know. Yeah. Absolutely. So, Brian, I hear you had a pretty interesting weekend last weekend. Why don't you fill us in on that? <laughs> I'm not going to get into details. I'm not about to get into details. Oh, no. What happened? I don't need to, I don't need to put anybody, anybody out Normally, we go by a no-name thing here, but I want names because we work with these um, people. <laughs> oh, shout out to all my coworkers. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. Coworkers. <laughs> uh, we had Besides a great time. Yeah. No, we had a great time. We had a guy's getaway just tr- kind of trying to uh get away from work you know and enjoy a little two three day you know rendezvous of all of us just hanging out and doing what guys do learned a whole new game that's really fun called werewolf i, I uh shout out to i guess i'll throw his name out there jeff Ink. good he he uh he introduced us to this game called werewolf which is amazing i first of all it doesn't surprise me that he's the one that introduced that the game <laughs> second of all it doesn't surprise me with all the hair he has that it's a game called werewolf yeah <laughs> true true but i, I promise you best game I've christy ever you laugh so but at some point maybe during the break i'll have to see if i can pull up some pictures and show you his hair oh it's it's is, crazy it, his hair will make you jealous he's got chopsticks he ties it up yeah he's awesome he's, oh like actual hair on his head not yes. hair over his yeah. whole body well probably oh, that too okay but, well yeah but, we're not yeah. going there <laughs> anyways 
Um, man, I'm glad we can all be in a good mood right now, knowing uh, what is on. <laughs> knowing what we're about to talk about. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So let's let's get it pumped up before we uh, pump it back down. Well, pop, uh, we're gonna pop that <laughs> balloon real quick. Pop the balloon. For this segment, we're gonna be joined by Darvio the Kingpin Morrow from the Outlaws Radio Show. What's going on, you good peoples? Because uh, he is Mr. Political, so. <laughs> With that being said, unfortunately, uh, I was like, no, that's a good right, thing. We no, need more people that are unfor- passionate no, about that. Unfortunately, around these last this oh, last year. Well, so. yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's not as funny. Anymore. And he also might mean that, unfortunately, because he's one of the only political people in FCB. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody else doesn't right. really uh, stand up to him and his politically correctness. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so speaking of uh, Mr. Trump. Had some interesting things to say over the last week. Um, so basically, in regards to the um, NFL players that are deciding to take a knee during the national anthem, he was at um, a rally in Alabama, and he had a comment where he said, wouldn't you love to see one of these NFL owners when somebody disrespects our flag to say, get that SOB off the field right now, out, he's fired, he's fired, Trump said. You know, some owner is going to do that. He's going to say, that guy that disrespects our flag, he's fired. And that owner, they don't know it, but they'll be the most popular person in this country. Um, then followed up on Twitter, uh, if a player wants the privilege of making millions of dollars in the NFL or other leagues... He or she should not be allowed to disrespect our great American flag or country and should stand for the national anthem. If not, you're fired. Find something else to do. So before I give my thoughts, let's start with Brian. Well, I was, didn't expect you to pick me first, but um, <laughs> no, well, um, as you guys all know, I make it clear every time we have this conversation, I'm not a very political person. It's not a point of uh, expertise for me. If I have any expertise in any point at all, it's definitely not politics. Um, So when you start to mix sports and politics and create political sports talk, I think that's a subject that is detrimental in every possible way to the popularity and the profitability of all major sports in in particular. And um, even down to the collegiate ranks, which... We all know what's going on. We've heard, or if you don't know, the NCAA scandals that are happening right now with, you know, Rick Pitino being brought up and stuff like that. Which we'll talk about a little bit later. (laughs) Right. So, um, but given the fact that I have the utmost respect for my friend and political enthusiast (laughs) on this show, who is also our producer, Darvio, um, and he's been, you know, his insight on many guest appearances on things regarding this or other topics that are more political, um, I jump into these issues with an open mind and fully prepared to, you know, and, you know, do it also because Darvio and Eric allowed me to be on this show and because, you know, I wouldn't be able to do this if it wasn't for you guys. So I'm down to do whatever. But usually I try to shut down the conversation because I think it hurts us more than it helps us. But this is different. This is that one time where I think, it is a topic that needs to be brought up because it is harmful in the long run, m- more so than the initial what we see now. It it can extend farther than it should. Let me ask you guys a question real fast. You guys watch the Super Bowl year in and year out? 
Yeah. Yep. yeah. Every year. You guys watch all these NBA championships with the Cavs and Warriors? Oh, yeah. Yep. yep. You guys watched the World Series last year, just in particular last year's World Series? Sure yes. did. Okay. They play the national anthem before every game. They show it on TV. Do any of you guys stand or are you guys sitting on your couch? I'm on my couch most of the time. All right. Ask any, ask any Vietnam vet, any older person who can still stand on their two feet. If they're not at the game watching it, they're sitting down during the national anthem. I know that's not particularly the same, but how is it any different from being at the game? I understand the tradition of it. How about the cameramen? What makes them any different from the players at this point to what we're talking about? Standing for the national anthem. Those guys who are still taking pictures of Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers players locking arms from one knee with their with their camera while the national anthem is playing. These people are Americans too. They have jobs just like the NFL players do. And yet we're we're depicting everything on what these NFL players are doing because they are nonviolently protesting against something that is in our country that is disruptive to majority of our country. And yet we're still going ahead. The president has the nerve and audacity to try to step into a ring with something that is as popular and as financially stable more than a lot of businesses in this in this country and he has the audacity to say something there are bigger there are bigger fish to fry as you would say mr trump needs to focus on north korea <laughs> things of that matter you know what this is this is a ta- an attack by our own government our own president on our own soil why are you worried about this this should not be anything why are you going on twitter and making comments about something of this nature that has something to do. How is it that you can find the time to constantly go ahead and mention something about something that is as nonviolent as it, it is? Excuse me, as it is. But when the KKK throw a rally in Charlottesville that leads to a death of a woman, you defend the people who were the more violent of it. And now this is nonviolent, but you're putting more thought and time into what's going on in this. You wonder why people like Jamel Hill say the things that they say. This is annoying. This is an outrageous standpoint. And this will not end because the man who we call POTUS is in the office right now being as arrogant as he ever has been. And he is allowing he we have no choice but to deal with this because the majority of the people decided to go ahead and vote for this man. And I'm sorry, I know this is not football related right now. But it is something that needs to be talked about because it is something that needs to be done about this. Mind your business. Point blank. Christy, your thoughts? Um, Well, a couple things. First of all, um, I I have a lot of thoughts. And so I'm going to do my my very best to keep it as brief as I can. Um, I I kind of have a personal vested interest in this. And I don't like to get political either because, to be perfectly honest, in this country, unless you're face-to-face with someone, you're not even going to come close to changing their mind on how how they feel. So I'm just going to be relating my... Uh, personal thoughts on this. I'm not trying to change anybody's mind. Um, first of all, I understand completely why the protests are happening. Um, there's a there's a huge issue in this country that is not currently being addressed. 
And that's why they're doing it. I think it's highly unprofessional from someone who deems themselves one of the best businessmen in the world um, to to go out and use the kind of language that he's using. If you're a professional, you would never speak like that. And supposedly, he's supposed to be a businessman. That's bad business. Second of all, I think we can do so much better. You know, we're we're divided and we're at this impasse where we're not actually talking about the issue of why they're protesting. We're talking about whether it is or is not disrespectful to stand for the national anthem. And it's a tit-for-tat conversation. You People who, who support it can give me 72 veterans that say, it's no big deal. It's, it doesn't disrespect me. And I can give you 72 veterans that would say otherwise, that it is disrespectful. And you know what? Both my brothers are combat veterans, and they've seen and experienced things that get me emotional. And, I, and, I've, and I've cried about hearing about that recently when I asked them their opinions on this. And um, they, they fought for the right, and nobody is denying that they don't have the right to do that. They do. They absolutely do. And like everybody has said, it's a, it's a peaceful protest to do that. But where I come into play is that it is disrespecting veterans and it is disrespecting the country. And that's hurtful for a lot of people. And when that happens, defenses go up and we don't want to listen to why you're doing it. And so that being said, we're left in this endless circle of everybody debating this issue that is a moot point. It doesn't matter how you feel. It doesn't matter if I feel it's disrespectful and you don't. That's totally irrelevant. The point of the matter is we need to be talking about police brutality, racism, and social injustice in this country, and we're not. And I think that that's hiding under this shroud that people just can't get past. And you know what? Everybody has their, their right to their opinion. And that's fine. You don't, ha- you don't have to change that. But what we do need to focus on is these issues and what's going to be done about it. You know, my brother told me personally, he goes, I've loaded caskets covered in American flags onto a cargo ship and I've watched them be sent home to their families. And every time I see the American flag, that's what I see. And it hurts me when, when people intentionally disrespect that. And so that's kind of a frustration where it's like... <sighs> You know, I I see and I understand why it's being done, but maybe we can do better. We can do better as as a country, as a nation, as people. And let's bring football back together where it doesn't matter your your sex, your race, your gender. It doesn't matter any of that information and come together and cheer for our team. Like like Taya Kyle had said, you know, we're we're just so frustrated because we can't even come together to cheer for our teams anymore. So um, we only got about a minute or so left in this segment, so I'm going to try to make mine quick. Um, it just it gets to me that the whole initial meaning was lost on why all of this began. Absolutely. It was never about the military or the flag. You know, it wasn't made about the military until the mainstream media made it that way um, and took away from what Colin Kaepernick was trying to bring to light, which was this uh, racial inequalities and the animosity between the African-American community and the police. Um, so, and from Trump to, you know, make these comments, so it's okay for him to accept, express his freedom of speech, but it's not okay for somebody else to do so. You know, he can say thing, he can disrespect the, the military in a specific military individual in John McCain, who was tortured for years in North Vietnamese 
prison in a prison camp tried to say he wasn't a war hero because he preferred soldiers who weren't captured. He can talk about grabbing women by their private parts. He can grotesquely mock a disabled reporter, but we can't watch these NFL players take a knee. I'm going to continue when we come back from break. We'll be right back here on Necessary Roughness. This is Darvio the Kingpin Morrow. I want you to check out my new song, Unconditional, featuring Dan Smith. Get Unconditional now on iTunes, Amazon, Spotify, Tidal, and all other major digital outlets from FCB Records. Hey, yo, welcome back to Necessary Roughness. Before the break, we were talking about Trump's comments about the NFL players and their protest during the national anthem, and I'm just going to jump right back into my thought. Um, so before the break, I was saying that, you know, it's okay for Trump to go ahead and say whatever he wants to say, whether it be at a rally, whether it be on Twitter, whether just just in general. He says what he wants, when he wants, where he wants, how he wants. He says some things that a president of the United States should not say. Um, so my thing is, there, there's... They talk about the disrespect of the military and the flag. My thing is, before 2009, the NFL players were not even out on the field for the national anthem. Most of them were in the locker room because it wasn't until 2009 when the Department of Defense paid the NFL to have the teams have their players come out on the field so that way it would appear more patriotic to have the players standing during the national anthem. But in doing some research, the flag being flown on the field... Um, is actually disrespecting itself. If you look up the U.S. flag code, chapter 10, um, it says that the flag should never be carried flat or horizontally, but always aloft and free. So the fact that they even have it stretched out across the field is disrespecting itself. Mm -hmm. So if you're going to say that one thing is disrespect, the other should be disrespect as well. Uh, Disrespect is disrespect regardless of one thing isn't worse than the other. Um, even things as the flag should never be wear, uh, never be used as wearing apparel, bedding, or drapery. Um, the flag should never be used for advertising purposes in any manner whatsoever. Think about like July 4th ads. Um, or it shouldn't be embroidered on such articles as cushions or handkerchiefs. And then one that gets me, and then you see it everywhere around like 4th of July, um, Memorial Day, you have your paper plates, your napkins, your cups, whatnot, that have the American flag emblem like printed on them. All that is considered disrespect. And all these uber-patriotic people who do these things, they, they wear the American flag bandanas and all that, you are the ones that are complaining about these players disrespecting the flag and the military, but yet you're disrespecting it too, in the same sense. So... My thing is, it needs to get back to what the original thing was about of racial inequality and um, the issues between the African-American community and the police. Um, I'm just so flustered at the whole thing that's going on. I do like how most of the teams responded to Trump's uh, remarks. Most teams, if not all teams, um, in some form or another, either kneeled or they stood with arms locked 
Um, the Steelers even stayed in the locker room. Um, uh, Besides uh, Villanueva, yeah, left, left tackle. Which Whoever. actually, I want to point out, he did come out and say that that was a misunderstanding and a miscommunication between the team. They had a plan, and he was checking on when the national anthem would start. And he got stuck on the field. And he got he? stuck on the field. Yes, and so he. He felt like he threw his team under the bus. I don't see it that way. I He did what he did. Um, but he said, I didn't mean to make them look bad. I, I and think, he came out and said that. Ahead, At the end of the day, it's like a Marine buddy of mine said, he may not agree with or like the fact that they're protesting during the national anthem, but he fought for them to have the right to do so. Uh, they have a right to their freedom of speech. Um, and... Like you said, he he disagrees with it, but he fought for them to be able to do so. Um, that's about all I have on the. Topic. My brother said that too. So, so, and I'm so proud of them. Let's just hope we can get back to football, Darvio. What are your thoughts on it? So, um, uh, like like all of you, I have a lot of thoughts as well. But the thing that is really bothering me is that people are making it out to be about something that it had nothing to do with. This was not about the flag. This was not about the anthem. This is not about veterans. This was about bringing attention to uh, police brutality. And people, I've just, it's unfortunate because I've just come to the conclusion that people, many people, just don't want to have this conversation. Mm -hmm. And they will use whatever (laughs) to not have this conversation. Many people forget that the kneeling in and of itself was a compromise because originally at the beginning of the protest, Colin Kaepernick was actually sitting down Mm -hmm. at the beginning of the anthem. And it was veterans who told him a green beret that it would be more respectful if he kneeled instead of sat. And so he kneeled and it didn't matter because the issue isn't the protest. The issue is the conversation. Another perfect example is the Cleveland Browns. At the beginning, they had a prayer circle. They literally prayed, got in a circle and prayed together. And they did that because they thought that that would be more respectful. And they still were pilloried. The Dallas Cowboys went out of their way to make sure that they did not protest during the anthem. They protested before the anthem. And guess what? They got booed. So, we can look at all the issues. I'm not here. I, 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 I agree with a lot of the things that Christy said. I'm not here to argue with you of if you're offended by the protest or not of whether you should be offended or not. I don't think that that matters. What matters is the actual topic at hand. But let's look at the whole picture that no matter what these players do, people still get mad because it is not the protest that is the issue. It is the thing behind it. And the last thing I want to say, going to Eric's point, is uh, Dale Hansen, who was a, he was a sportscaster on WFAA in Dallas and is also a Vietnam veteran uh, who was on the side of the players, mentioned about when people talk about the disrespect of the flag. And what he said was, quote, we use that flag to sell mattresses and beer. We wear it as a swimsuit. We wrap our bald heads in a flag bandana and we stick it in our pants because we disrespect that flag every day. So if you are going to be angry about what you consider to be disrespect of the flag by these players, and you're going to use that as a as a way not to have the conversation about what they're actually upset about, then let's talk about all of the other ways that our society disrespects the flag. But the bottom line is, 
I really don't even want to have that conversation because that's not what it's about. Well, let's get back to what it's about. And that is about police brutality and racial inequality. And that's it. So with that being said, we're just going to go ahead and we're going to take this back to what it should all be about anyways. And let's talk about some football. Yes, um, please. Obviously, our beloved Browns. Oh, that, that <laughs> famous word. Beloved. <laughs> <laughs> they, uh, they fell to the Colts last week, 31 to 28. The score was probably a little bit closer than it should have been, considering yeah. that there was a lot of garbage time scoring that we did. Oh, yeah, fourth quarter, last six minutes. Kenny Britt scored, and then the last uh, touchdown. He actually caught a ball? Yeah, right. Exactly. Oh, my goodness. Uh, let's not go there yet. Let's yeah, wait a second. Let, yeah. But uh, <laughs> last touchdown came with right around two minutes left. So, I mean, it was almost like the last six minutes they, they scored. So, it was a bad game. It was all around. Everything about the game was a bad effort. I fell asleep, like, before half. <laughs> Well, you didn't miss much. It was a lot of sloppy playing. A lot of our receivers were dropping balls left and right. Kaiser was making bad decisions. Interception, interception. Um, We had a couple of calls that went our way here and there that did us some favors. And Duke Johnson, I thought I I was kind of impressed with him again. I did see his touchdown. Yeah. Um, But even on the last punt of the game, we kind of had a shot to make a difference. And Jabril Preppers caught the ball and stood there, called for a fair catch. Oh, man, I've never been so frustrated. It's not the first time he did that, but I'm going to the, – the, just to try to wrap up the recap of this because we don't want to dwell on it too much. Um, on the offensive side of the ball, once again, Isaiah Crowell proved to me that he's not the guy. I mean, just personally, I think even when he was given the opportunities, I don't see anything that tells me, like, man, I can trust this guy to be a workhorse. I don't see it. Duke Johnson's a little smaller in size, so I can't expect him to take over the full job. Um, But I do like, I mean, I can say Duke has shown a little more lately that tells me that he's a a player capable of a few big plays. He's like an all-around type of player. Right. Now, here's the issue. The receivers drop... Deshaun Kaiser, we you have to understand, he's a rookie. So anybody that's getting down on him making a few mistakes, I understand. They are timely mistakes when you throw an interception in the red zone, things of that manner. Peyton Manning did not have a great first season. He is still a rookie. We understand that. But Not the, saying that we're comparing him to Peyton Manning. <laughs> not at all. But what I am going to say is this. I see throws from Deshaun Kaiser that I have not seen from any other quarterback on uh, that has been – on the Browns since their return in 99. I really don't think I have. The one thing that I noticed is that his receivers are not making his job any easier. No. And therefore, I think his his confidence in the people around him is not that much better. The only person I trust from the wide receiver perspective right now is the not even a wide receiver. I like Seth DeValve. I think DeValve gets open. He has had big plays. He hasn't had a lot of big plays. But at the same time, he got he got called for a pass interference in this game that I think was clear to me why I like Seth DeValve. He got called for a, basically a pick play, and he was too far downfield to set the pick, and then he ended up getting open because his guy got, got like tangled up in the situation. He got open, made like a 15- to 20-yard play down the field. And then I'm like, oh, okay, they call pass interference on him. And I said, you know what? If you ain't cheating, you ain't trying. You have to try. I mean, these are things the refs don't see everything. The umps don't, you know, those people don't see everything. You have to take an attempt. It's not always going to work, and it's understandable. But at least I see, I see effort out of Seth DeValve, which is huge to me. The rest of these guys, I'm sorry, these guys are just these receivers. 
I mean, we it's it's basically like like basically sweep them out and bring new ones in right now. For the rest of the show, I'm calling you Bill Belichick for that comment. Absolutely. <laughs> hey, we brought Greg Williams in for a reason. Oh, I'm just so. Saying. With that being said, what are you looking forward to in today's game against Cincinnati? Well, I will say they're they're at home. I think they'll play better because they are at home. Everybody pl- wants, to, you know, in, in most cases, players play better at home. Mm-hmm. Young teams, especially, because they want to make uh, a statement for their fans. So, and the Browns have the best fans in the NFL, so you know uh, exactly. Let's go so, absolutely. So, with that being said, the one thing I I'm going to tell you what I worry about first. It seems like every week the defense is being picked on with something else that is not similar to the week before. And it's showing a little bit of weakness in something that they have to. The biggest concern is when we get Miles Garrett back, whether that's this week, nobody knows yet. It ain't going to be announced until he'll be a game time decision until further notice. Whenever Miles Garrett comes back, he'll make a difference on the pass rush end of things. But I don't think – but and that's going to make a huge difference because right now nobody's getting to the quarterback on a regular basis. So he's a huge difference maker. The difference is, is that in Baltimore, they beat us in the middle of the field. On this game, we tried one-on-one coverage. They had a guy like T.Y. Hilton who just can catch the ball and make plays after the catch, and there was nobody in the backfield. That's why Jabril Peppers took – credit for you know messing up like he did he he knew yeah, he was he, knew. The, he was the last line of defense and he did not show up it was a little bit of a you know mishap on his regard but he stood up for that and he took you know pride in the fact that he messed up and he's still learning from the game so he's got learning to do i'm just hoping they don't find something new to beat us up on because i'm sorry i know that the Bengals are 0 three but I think the Browns need to understand they're not really playing a 0 three team this Bengals team is a lot better than their record states well, with that being said, we're going to go ahead and take a quick break. Uh, when we come back, myself and Christy will give our thoughts on what we're expecting from the game today. We'll be back right here on Necessary Roughness. If you're looking to increase productivity for your firm or medical office without increasing your expenses, then call Morrow Paralegal Services and let our experienced professionals provide you with quality work at reasonable rates. We provide paralegal services to attorneys, medical and law firms, and the general public. Give us a call at 216-273-6134. That's 216-273-6134. Again, that's 216-273-6134. And Marl, Paralegal Services. Not an attorney. We do not give legal advice. Hey, yo, welcome back to the Necessary Roughness. My name is Eric E. Will Williams alongside Christy Maggard. Hey, yo. And the Brian Blankenship. Yep. Make sure you follow the show. It's on Twitter at NRCLE and on Facebook at Necessary Roughness Radio. So before the break, we were talking about what we were looking forward to in today's game against the Cincinnati Bengals. Christy, what are you looking forward to? I'm looking forward to um, being more aggressive. Um, last week towards the end of the game, the announcers were like, they just need to be more aggressive and make more aggressive decisions. And I'm like, yes, this is what I say every week. Um, things like, you know, Jabril Peppers making that fair catch. Be aggressive. Take the risk. Take the chance. Be aggressive. I'm looking forward to a little bit cleaner play. I want to see more out of our receivers. Um, I want to see something happen in the secondary because um, it looked to me like Indianapolis was making a lot of plays, um, short passes, um, and making a lot happen in the secondary. So I want to see some something step up there. 
and uh, just better time management and some better play calling. So that's what I'm looking forward to today. So I want to focus on the defense. I want to see more of what we saw in the Steelers game. I want to see, like you said, use your word, aggressiveness. Um, we need to bring those safeties down. Uh, they're playing too far back, and it's killing us. Um, I like Greg Williams and what he's doing with the defense, but that's the one weakness that I've noticed so far. Brian, you pointed that out last week. Um, and it just, it's, it's not a good look. Uh, they're giving them like a 30 yard cushion and they're exposing them right in the middle. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to see, uh, the defense gain some pressure on Andy Dalton, try to force him into throwing a lot more of those turnovers like he has these past couple weeks. I also want to focus on stopping the run game um, because now that uh, the new offensive coordinator took over in Cincinnati, you're going to see a lot more of Joe Mixon at running back. Um, and I think Mixon is he, – he's got some skill and some talent. He all right. He all right, but um, – <laughs> A.J. Green, that's the big – Well, yeah, A.J. Yeah. Green. Um, those are – in my mind, you got A.J. Green and Joe Mixon. Cool. Uh, I'll say this. I think that one thing we got to pay attention to is that when the Browns play against a less mobile quarterback, they have a little bit more, you know, Ben Roethlisberger doesn't run like he used to do or break tackles like he used to do. He's more of a pocket passer. Dalton's a pocket passer. It'll be a little easier. Jacoby Brissett was beating us with his legs and his ability to get away from pressure. Yeah, their first two touchdowns were yeah. him scrambling. Him, him mm-hmm. scrambling. You know, he he had one play where I couldn't like, – he did like a spin move. And it showed that our defensive line maybe not as athletic as we need him to be. This is why Garrett is huge if we can get whenever we get Garrett back. But yeah. I got to say, like, I think with Dalton there, it'll be helpful. But in one-on-one coverages, A.J. Green, you got to watch A.J. Green because after the catch is where we were hurting against Indianapolis, mm-hmm. and we don't want to go through that again. So on the offensive end, one guy needs to show up. One guy. Give me seven catches for 80 yards and a touchdown, something like that. Offensive side, we need the receivers to catch the ball, catch the ball, catch the ball. Yeah. That's the biggest thing yes. on offense. Give catch the, the damn ball. ball. Give Kaiser some confidence. That's um, it. Yep. The, the run game needs to get going, whether it be Crowell, whether it be Duke Johnson, Matthew Days. I'd like to see a little bit more out of Days and see what he can do. Yeah. Um, I think the kid might be able to do something. I mean, can't be any worse than what we're seeing already. Exactly. So <laughs> either way it goes, go Browns. Go yeah. Browns. Go Browns. So with that being said, we're going to go ahead and transition over to a part of our show we like to call The Rundown. Christy, what do you got for us? Lots of basketball news today. Lots of basketball news this week. Um, so first of all, we got uh, Kamalo Anthony uh, traded to Oklahoma City Thunder. Um, <clears throat> he was traded for Inez Cantor and Doug McDermott and a second-round draft pick. Uh, next up, we got Rick Pitino, a head coach of the Louisville basketball team, was actually fired tentatively speaking technically he's on administrative unpaid administrative leave but we all know at, at the end of the 10 days allotted in his contract he's going to be let go from he there. gone he gone him <laughs> and the athletic director yeah. following yeah. an fbi and ncaa investigation into fraud 10 arrested have been or 10 have been arrested in that case already one including an adidas executive so there was some some fraud and and things going on over there uh, we'll talk a little bit more about Rick Pitino next week when the decision's finally been made and kind of go a little bit more into detail about uh, that side of collegiate bas- basketball. Finally, um, and the biggest news for Cleveland fl- 
fans. I don't know what my problem is. You didn't bring me Starbucks, Eric. Abadi, abadi. That's all, folks. <laughs> oh, my gosh. It's terrible today. I'm sorry, guys. Uh, D. Wade is coming to the Cavs. He made the decision to come on over and signed a one-year $2.3 million deal and said, quote, there's no better place to be right now, end quote. So, Brian, what are your thoughts on that? I mean, I I don't know if you guys remember, but way before this uh, this show started, we used to do some little quick rundowns and get ourselves together. And um, I mentioned this. I said Dwayne Wade would be Cavalier. I wasn't sure when it would happen. I thought it would take about half of the season because his contract would be bought out by then. The moment Jimmy Butler was traded, I said it would happen earlier. I just didn't know if it would happen this soon. I seen this coming from a mile away. As I like to put it, Batman got Robin back. So, toot toot. <laughs> Go ahead, toot your horn. I'm just saying a little bit. I'm going to. I knew that. I mean, it was. It hey, was, when you call it, you call it. I bragged that I knew LeBron was coming back to Ohio. So you know, <laughs> everything was in like like the books, the the pages of the book kind of just led into this. So you could just see it coming because his contract was so big in Chicago, twenty four million dollars per year for two years. He got that money. There was no way that his production matched the amount of money he was making. The Bulls were not headed in the right direction. And they were rebuilding. They are rebuilding. Once they started the rebuilding process, it became clear-cut as day, and, and it was it was only a matter of time. I'm glad to see him here. The man is is an experienced veteran, can still play the game, and now with all the depth that we have on this team, he get ready for some resting days, Cleveland fans, because you won't see him on the floor every day. You won't see Rose. You know, so all you unhappy basketball fans, get ready for it because these guys will rest and they can afford to rest. And they should rest because it's going to make his long, his career last a little longer, especially this year in the stretch run for the playoffs to the NBA championship. I cannot wait. I am so fascinated by this. How about you, Christy? Uh, yeah, I think, you know, they're going to make uh, – he and LeBron are going to make a great tag team. And like we kind of talked about um, off air a little bit, it gives us the depth um, that we've needed, quite frankly. I mean, we've had a great a great starting um, five, but we've needed some backups and, and a little bit of depth in some of the positions we've really been lacking. And so I think that this is a great opportunity. And I know last season we were talking about, uh, you know, why would you bring a player on your team if you're not going to play him in clutch you know, clutch times. And he is definitely a player that we can count on and we can rely on. And, you know, it's a, it's a good pickup because he's valuable. So he adds a lot. He will put everything on the table, especially when he's next to LeBron. He will put it all on the table. They're going to do their best friend, you know, handshake, French. chest bump. <laughs> it's going to be fantastic. I can't wait, man. little wiggle jiggle. <laughs> <laughs> I totally was not expecting that at all. Um, I like it, man. You know, you're looking at a starting five right now, at least until Isaiah Thomas comes back, of probably Derrick Rose, Dwayne Wade, LeBron James, Kevin Love, and Tristan Thompson. I think that's a nice starting five. That's, I then, love it. And then I you got to take into consideration what your bench group is. You still is. got J.R. Smith, Kyle Corver, Jay Crowder, Channing Fry, Jeff Green. Jeff Green. I mean, you got you – got, so many pieces when they get and hope. now D Wade yeah, and, and yeah, well I mean D Wade's in the starting. <laughs> oh oh I'm yeah, sorry yeah, yeah, I missed that. Yeah, yeah. Um, but Hello, I know I know. And we were talking about this off air a little bit, um, Eric. One thing that we did notice is that with Isaiah Thomas coming back as late as he is, they don't want to mess up the chemistry. So don't be surprised if they ask Isaiah Thomas to start coming off of the bench. 
and and look at it as a situation for him to gain some chemistry with the team and not make that move until because he was only on a one-year deal but they are going to push him to say listen if you extend this role right now because of you know the situation you're our guy we're gonna look to get you back at the end of the season we want you here and they're going to try to sign him. And they're going to want to ease him back from the hip injury. And too. they're going to tell him directly, listen, when it's game time and, and we need that guy in the game to make a big play, you'll be there. We expect you to be there. But right now, we want to limit your minutes and keep you from being hurt. It's a great move. This team is built. I love it. I just love it. Can't wait. Go Cavs. I can't. Those jerseys suck, though. I miss the old jerseys already. <laughs> I got to say, I seen them in him at media day, and I was like, oh, God. Are you... Uh, <laughs> All right, well, with that being said, we're going to go ahead and we're going to take another quick break here on Necessary Roughness. We'll be back shortly. They change the colors every year. Pleasure, the new single by Devon and Madeline Hayes. Get pleasure now on iTunes, Amazon, Spotify, Tidal, and on all other major digital outlets from FCB Records. Yo, welcome back to Necessary Roughness. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at NRCLE and on Facebook at Necessary Roughness Radio. Now comes a part of the show that's probably one of my favorite segments in the show. It is the Fantasy Pick 6. Christy, what do you have for us? <laughs> that's great. <laughs> I know, I love it. It's one of my favorite parts of the show, too. So, um, At 1 o'clock, we got Jaguars at Jets, Panthers at Patriots, Bills at Falcons. Then at 4.05, we got Eagles at Chargers, Giants at Bucks, and 49ers at Cards. At 4.29, or 29, that's my problem. 4.25. That's what time they'll start, 4.29. Actually, yeah, you're right. (laughs) Right, uh, Oh, wait, no. Uh, 8.30, Colts at Seahawks. And, oh, I also missed uh, the Rams at Cowboys at 1 o'clock as well. So don't forget about America's team. (laughs) All right. So that leads us to the actual fantasy pick six in which every week we pick six games and we go ahead and tally up the scores. Yeah, tell them who's in the lead now, Uh, Yeah, Eric, you might want to hear this. uh, Not looking good Um, as of right now because I toyed around a little too much last week. (laughs) I went one and five last week. I had a terrible (laughs) week. Um, hey, who you, had the exact opposite and, record? Uh, yeah, the exact opposite re- record. Christy, who is now woo. tied in first place with Darvio, with a twelve right. and seven record. They both uh, they both pretty much dominated this. Yeah, yeah. Erica, you are below five hundred right now at nine and ten. And you know what's sad? I do want to point Didn't out you that just say you're in last place though. No, 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 no. I just said I was in last place last week. I oh. was one and five. You went two and four. Yeah. So. Yes. Football, football, man. Come on, man. You're supposed to be the football guru. Nine and ten. I would be solo in the lead because I would like to point out in my notes that the one game that I missed was the Raiders-Redskins. I picked Raiders over the Redskins. But originally, I had picked the Redskins and crossed it out. If you're going to do that, then if you're going to remember correctly, I did say that I was going to pick the Cowboys last week, but I only chose the Cardinals to go against you guys. Well, Well, that was your fault. That was your fault. Yeah. Hey, there's two choices. You get one, not two. (laughs) All right, so let's go ahead and go. 
go through this week's games. We're going to start with the London game, early morning game, 9.30 in the morning. The New Orleans Saints, the one and two New Orleans Saints are going to travel to London (laughs) and play the Miami Dolphins, one and one Miami Dolphins. Uh, Christy, who do you got? I'm going to go Saints. Eric? I'm rolling with the Saints also. And Darvio? Uh, I am going to go with the Saints. These are always tough to pick because you don't know how how teams travel, especially mm-hmm. when it goes overseas. Yeah. These games are really unpredictable, but I'm just going to go with the with the rest of the team on this one. I want to go with the rest of the team. I do. So I will. <laughs> I I want to I want to Last pick, week's got you ruffled. This huh? is this is my game where I want to pick the Dolphins, but because I don't think the Saints offense is very good, but like you said, the unpredictability of a London game. Yeah. Um I have to go with the Dolphins, but I will say I mean I'm sorry, I have to go with the Saints. Get that on record. Um <laughs> I will say this though, anybody and everybody that you have on the Dolphins and Saints, I'd say play them like all the big names. Right. Michael Jay Jay Ajayi, Michael Thomas, Drew Brees, Willie Sneed even, um, uh, Jarvis Landry, Devontae Parker, all those guys. He's basically saying both defenses are terrible. Yeah, they're terrible defenses. So I would so say, don't start the defenses. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, all right, we'll go on to the next game, and this is still a tough game. I, I'm so sh- torn. Um, the Detroit Lions, 2-1. and one. They will head to Minnesota to play the Vikings, who are also 2-1. and one. Uh, Eric, who do you have? Vikings. Uh, Christy. I'm going Lions. I didn't pick them last week, so I got to pick them this week. <laughs> Darvio. I am going to go Lions. Lions? Yeah. Oh, man. I, I have this thing where I just pick Minnesota at home. I think they're the hardest That team was to play. why I chose them. They're mm. so good at home. I, they, they blew up on Tampa Bay, who has a great offense, and they didn't have Sam Bradford, and they still blew up at home. So I'm going to handle that and say Minnesota. It's um, two weeks in a row that you and I have agreed, and they've. This is agreed. weird. This is not yeah. right. This is not normal. I'm a little, ner- I'm a little nervous. <laughs> well, hey, but look who's in the I lead. We're say, good. We're good. They were true. doing good. This isn't spades. We're not playing spades. <laughs> <laughs> no table um, talk. As far as lines, as far as that game goes, um, I don't think you should know Amir Abdullah because of the Vikings defense. I would play Theo Riddick if you have to back up running back for them. He catches. He's their third down guy. Catches a lot of passes out the backfield. I think he'll be a good play. And then for the Vikings, the obvious, Dalvin, Dalvin Cook, Cook and Stephon Diggs. Play him. I mean, I, Stephon Diggs proved me wrong last week that without Bradford, he can still put up numbers. Great player. And Thielen isn't bad either, the other receiver. So I'd right. go with them too. Um, next game, tough game here, I think. Tennessee Titans at Houston Texans. Tennessee's 2-1. and one. Texans are 1-2. <sighs> and two. But the Texans have had a very tough schedule to start, including a tough game against the Patriots where they fought very hard. They're at home against the Titans. Who do you have? Darvio. Oh, you would go to me first on this one. <laughs> you know what? I am going to go Titans. Titans. Uh, Christy. Yeah, I'm going Titans as well. And but it was close. And Eric. Is this going to be a clean sweep? I'm taking Titans also. <laughs> oh, no. This will not be a clean, clean sweep. I'm queen? taking queen, a queen sweep. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to take the Houston Texans. I think they're a lot better. And they proved last week they're getting chemistry. Deshaun Watson is playing well. And... Um, I just think Tennessee, I'm not going to say Tennessee's overrated, but traveling to Houston, the defense is going to play a little better. So I'll go with the Texans on that one. Um, you got to stick, though, with the two-headed monster and Derrick Henry and uh, uh, DeMarco Murray. Got to keep playing them and obviously play DeAndre Hopkins. There's not really much else that I would say is a must-play in this game. Um, go to a rivalry game real quick. Pittsburgh Steelers, 2-1 and one at the Baltimore Ravens. 
two and one as well. Christy, who you got? Oh, this is another tough pick. Um, I'm going to go with the Steelers in this one. Darvio? I am also going with the Steelers. And Eric? I'm uh I'm going to call for a tie because I hate both teams. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> no, um, I got to do it, Steelers. <laughs> Yeah, we got the clean sweep on this one. I think we, we all hate clean sweeps yeah. so far. We hate to cringe, but we, we hate the former Browns more than we hate the Pittsburgh <laughs> Steelers. Um, I just play your normal. I'd play more players from the Steelers: the Antonio Brown, Martavis Bryant, Ben Roethlisberger, Baltimore. They're not even that good on offense. So no. just their defense. That is was really exactly good. why I chose. Their defense yeah. is really good though, and they're at home, tough place to play. So that could be, you know, tough game in general. Um, next game on our list. Oakland Raiders two and one. They'll head to Denver play the Broncos two and one. Uh, let's start with you, Eric. Broncos, Darvio. I'm gonna go with the Raiders. The Raiders. Yeah, as usual, Christy. <laughs> I'm going Broncos. Broncos. Yep. Why you say the Broncos? Um, I think it's gonna come down to rushing. So yeah, we'll see. Okay. Yep. Okay, Marshawn Lynch versus C.J. Anderson. Who gets the better of that one? In Denver, it's really hard to pick against Denver. They play tougher there. The altitude is different. But I'm sorry, the Oakland Raiders are going to win this game because they played like crap last week. They were <laughs> so awful. did the Broncos. Yeah, I think the Broncos are going to want to bounce back. But I back. think the Raiders have so much potential in their offense and yeah. defense yeah. that they looked like trash last week, and so I think they're going to bounce back. Expect Amari Cooper to have a big day. They're going to they're going to play angry. Yeah, I think they're going to play yeah. very angry. I agree, and they're going to shut down Trevor Simeon. So I'll go there. Um, and our last game on the list, and here's it's actually a game that I thought that people would all pick in the same direction, but we had to do it because it's a lot more into this game. Washington Redskins, 2-1, and one, Monday night game, at the Kansas City Chiefs, who are 3-0. and oh. What people don't realize is Washington Redskins have a top 10 offense and defense. They are actually really good, okay, which means Josh Norman against Tyreek Hill or Travis Kelsey could be shut down. Uh, let's start with you, Darvio. I am going with the Chiefs. Chiefs? Yes, sir. I expected that pick in Kansas City. <laughs> I'm going to ask you, Christy, because I don't like Eric's look right now. Well, <laughs> I originally picked the Chiefs, and when I went back and looked at it, um, I'm going to go with the Redskins on nice. this one. So, nice yeah. All right, all right. Eric, what you got? This is probably the one that I struggled with the most. Right. Um, yeah, me too. It's really close. I want to say the Chiefs because I want to say they'll stay undefeated. But I also want to say the Redskins because, like you said, top 10 offense, top 10 defense. Let's take a roll of the dice, and I'm going to say the Redskins. All right, there we I'm go. I'm going to just close it out by saying the Redskins as well. I think they can. the Chiefs' defense hasn't looked oh, all I'm that the only great. one to pick the Chiefs yes. on this round. I think the Redskins are the real deal. Uh, Chris Thompson is a player who has shown out at running back, a good play. Hopefully Jordan Reed's uh, – I need him for fantasy purposes. He needs to be healthy. On <laughs> um, other than that, man, uh, good luck to you all. We'll see how this goes. And, uh, Eric, go ahead. Take it away from here. All right. Man, I need Jameson Crowder to do something in Washington. <laughs> <laughs> I got him in one of my leagues, and he's not done so much so right. well so far. <laughs> um, with that being said, we're going to go ahead and we're going to close out the show. Um, make sure you tune in next week, same time, same place. <laughs> um, make sure you follow the show on Twitter at NRCLE and on Facebook at Necessary Roughness Radio. Thank you for joining us. We'll catch you guys next week. Peace. Go, go Peace. Tribe ALDS.
The FCB Radio Network. First class broadcasting worldwide.